Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager, where we delve into the world of higher ed social media through the eyes of people behind the screens. Join us as we explore the ups and downs and everything in between when managing online presence for colleges and universities. From navigating the latest social media trends to dealing with crisis management, we'll hear firsthand accounts of what it's really like to be a higher ed social media manager. We'll sit down with masterminds behind some of the most innovative and engaging social media campaigns in the field and hear their behind the screen stories, best practices, and insider tips. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, sit back, grab your headphones, and get ready for some candid confessions and valuable insights into the world of higher ed social media. Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager is part of the Enrollify Podcast Network. You can subscribe to this podcast at enrollify.org or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome to Confessions of a Higher Ed Social Media Manager. I'm your host, Callie, and I'm so glad that you're tuning in today. Today, I'm chatting with Liz Harder, who is the Senior Social Media Manager at the University of Notre Dame for the last 10 years. Welcome, Liz. How are you doing today? I'm great, Callie. So excited to be here and chatting with you. Me too. Let's dive right on in because I know we have a jam-packed episode waiting for us. So give us a quick backstory on how you joined Higher Ed Social, how you joined the field, and what led you to this point. I have been in Higher Ed Social for the past 10 years in the same position, actually, which seems insane. But um, I joined Notre Dame in 2013 after working at a public relations firm in Cincinnati, didn't know kind of what I was going to do, really liked social media. I mean, it's, you know, I started in 2009 and it was like, maybe you should get us a Facebook page. I was like, I really like this part of my job. And I just kind of went from there, decided um, I wanted to move back. I went to St. Mary's College across the street from the University of Notre Dame um, and just kind of loved the area. And I was like, yeah, that might be fun. So when I saw the position come up, I applied and the rest is history. That's so cool. You've had quite a tenure in higher ed. So I have to ask over the last 10 years, what has been your favorite moment or memory working for the University of Notre Dame? Probably the most emotional thing that I've done. We had back in 2015, our um, longtime emeritus president passed away. He was nationally known, Father Ted Hesburgh. It was an honor to be able to share his funeral, his memorial, um, kind of all of those moments with our audience. I was kind of the boots on the ground there, letting people know, but then also trying to take and explain to the world who this man was. Um, He hadn't been president since 1987, but he was on the Civil Rights Commission. Um, He was just a wonderful, wonderful man. And I had a friend actually, it was just go, go, go for five days. And I had a friend say, you know, you're doing a service for the rest of us and you can grieve later. And I've just really taken that with me. That was probably like the most touching pivotal moment that I've had, but I've taken that and what my friend said to me forward with what I've done, you know, through the good times, the bad times, the COVID times, um, all the things it's I'm doing good work and helping our community and I can have my own emotions as well. I think that's so important to realize that, Um, while we're in these roles and we're having to represent our brands, we also have our own personal emotions that we have to sometimes put aside and put in a box and deal with later because we have to be there for our community and be there as the brand because that is continuous. That can't take necessary break, like can't always take breaks uh, for emotional moments. And so I think that is one of the things that's, 
under discussed in this role and Very in this definitely. field. What else do you think that we don't talk about enough that impacts social media managers, specifically in higher ed, but for anyone in this field? Yeah, I think that's definitely a key one where um, I know that you, you've you gone through things in your past as a social media manager as well, where it's, you know, you might not agree with the decision being made, but you still have to communicate the decision being made. Um, and it's it can be a, a difficult balance there. Um, but I think one of the things that we don't talk about enough is kind of the the empathic nature of social media managers. And I know in higher ed, it's it's very specific as well with like the highs and lows of student life, um, you know, the stress of finals that everybody's kind of just dumping onto us, but then also the the joy of commencement and graduation. And it's, you know, I just feel like a proud parent. Um, but then at the same time, moving beyond our students and moving beyond like our campus, the amount of mental health crises that I see on a regular basis, um, not even necessarily having to do with my brand, but some for some reason that person is just kind of alighted on our brand and is tagging us and everything. You know, I read every single message that everybody sends us, even if we don't respond to them. And to, to deal with the emotion that comes with recognizing that someone is in need and there's, I just have no way to help them. Um, whether it's connecting them to resources because they're not in my community and I don't know where they are, or I just don't know who this person is. Um, and just trying to figure out how to, how to maybe not even necessarily be there for them, but process that myself, like watching the, the 50 Instagram videos that we've been tagged in by this one person and recognizing like, oh, that person might not be okay and I don't know how to help them and I have to be okay not knowing how to help them. That is, oh, you just hit the yeah. nail on the head on that one. I, yeah, I think we've all had our fair share of these moments where we're behind the screens, but we want to help, we want to help the people that are on the other side, but not, either not knowing how or it's, it's yeah. not something like we don't get trained in how to help yeah. people through grief or yes through trauma or through um we do we see the highs and the lows yeah everything in between um commencement's always an incredible day but yeah um nobody tells you how to deal with the nine trillion messages about how horrible yeah. parking is or I know. how I know. yeah the student maybe being harassed by another student or how financial aid has made a mistake. And now those students thousands of dollars. Yeah. um, owed to the school. And it's like, they come to us on social media, but it's like, we don't know. We don't always have the tools or the training to necessarily know how to do that. So it's, it's a fine line of trying to steer them in the right direction, having to process all of those almost secondhand emotions through the accounts but also still keeping um, it professional because, yeah, yeah, we do. I think one thing I would love is, I mean, I would hate it for other people, but I wish people could take a peek into our DMs. Yes. Yes. What's there? Um, yes. The spicy photos that get sent, the out, like oh the my outright God, So rage. many spicy photos. Like, yes. Why do people think that's a smart thing to send it to their school? I know. Like, 
Yes. Why? I, I actually have a, a um, board in my office that is, it's, it's always at zero, uh, but zero weeks since an inappropriate photo. Um, and I had to go with weeks because like days, I would just be going back to zero too often. Um, I ended up at, I think that my longest was like nine weeks without receiving Whoa. one. And now on Twitter, like it's very strange strange i don't know if it's the religious nature of notre dame that kind of attracts people to want to send things like that um but yeah it's it's near daily right now of just seeing like sex bots and it's like things no one told me and also words i didn't think i would say about my career like i see a lot of nudity <laughs> yes exactly like nobody yes. preps you for that nobody preps no, you for no. the like the anger rage in the dms or yes. in um, yes. Also, my like the new interesting one is the people that will send the audio recordings through Instagram DMs and will have a full out like anger moment, like cussing out the school. Yes. And I'm like, what <laughs> What do you want me to do to this? Like, you're messaging yes. the brand account. Like, there's nothing I yes. can respond to this that's going to work. Like, yes. you just need to let your anger out. And I just have to sit there and be like, yeah. I would love to say all this, but I can't because it's not appropriate. Yeah. And but. that's that's part of when I first started, um, my, my tenure at Notre Dame has just been insane. Um, I started on January 7th, 2013. We were in the national championship game that night. Uh, we were playing Alabama. It was a really great day, very exciting until about five minutes into the game. And it went very poorly from there. Mm. Um, that Saturday, that was a, that was a Monday that Saturday, our, our former football coach now, interviewed with the Philadelphia Eagles very publicly. So there was like backlash against that. The next Wednesday, Manti Teo, one of our football players, um, it came out in, in Deadspin that he was getting catfished by someone. And it was like this very public, he had a girlfriend. She ended up dying in the middle of the season. It was part of his Heisman campaign and all of that was fake. And then so it's, it was baptism by fire from the very beginning um, and kind of going there from then, like we just hit the ground running with like psycho things that people say to us. And like, I, I can't do anything about personnel issues. I'm a social media manager. I can't walk into our football coach's office and go, you're not allowed. You're not allowed to go on this interview with this NFL team. Like, that doesn't work. Why are you yelling at me about this? Oh my gosh! Oh, there's crazy. there's so much there. Okay, well, so let's yes. let's roll with this. So, what's the strangest thing that's yes. happened to your accounts? Uh oh, gosh, there are so many strange things that happen on our accounts, like near daily. Um, probably. This one isn't even, I mean, in 2009, um, Barack Obama spoke on our campus at our commencement, and it is shocking the number of messages that I still receive to this day about how angry people are um, because of his stance on abortion um, primarily, but, you know, politics. So there's other things that people are mad at there too, but like people are like, oh my gosh, I knew Notre Dame was going downhill on that day. And it's like, sir that was 14 years ago like why are we still bringing that up how what does that have to do with us having like a global center right now um so i think that those are probably the strangest things that come in um or 
actually, I just sent sent one on to my coworkers this morning. We have a woman who she tags Notre Dame and like these positive affirmations every morning. And I just like, I have no idea why she's not really affiliated with us. She's not an alum. She's not a student. But I'm like, there she is today. That's wonderful. And I just like passed along to my coworkers, like, here's your your quote of the day, everyone. So it's just so little weird things like that that people people do with our accounts. Alrighty. We're gonna play a game, guys. Okay. So first and foremost, get a pen, get a paper, pull out your notes app on your phone, whatever it might be. Okay. Got it? Great. All right. What keywords does your website currently rank for? Take a couple seconds. Right? One, two, three, four. I give you a few, not just a couple. What doesn't it rank for that you think it should rank for? Okay, one, two, three, four. Now, what are a few keyword opportunities that you could be winning on if you just simply tweaked some of your existing website copy? Got it? Okay, how'd you do? Ooh, not so hot. Not sure what you can what you're currently ranking for, or not sure what you could be ranking for. Well, that's okay. Because our friends at DD Agency want to help you answer all of these questions. DD Agency is a higher ed specific marketing technology agency that has conducted countless SEO audits for colleges and universities across the country. In these audits, they detail where you currently rank, what you could be ranking for, exactly how copy should be tweaked on website pages, and so much more. If this sounds like something that you could benefit from, give the guys at DD Agency a ping and be sure to mention that Enrollify sent you to claim a 10% discount on any of their SEO offerings. So head on over to enrollify.org forward slash DDASEO, that's DDA as in DD Agency, SEO, or simply follow the link in the show notes below. That will guarantee you get a 10% discount off of your audit. All right, head on over to enrollify.org slash D-D-A-S-E-O or simply Google DD Agency, find DD Agency's website, and be sure to mention that you heard about them through Enrollify when you request your audit. All right, folks, back to the show. That uh, that second one's giving the energy of, have you seen the story that's been circulating social for a while of, um, I think it was like a teacher that got notified by administration that their little sister had been commenting on social media like every yes. day saying that she needed a raise. And I was like, yes, yes, so funny. I can imagine like this, whoever this is, this sister constantly letting the social media yeah. know. Like, I wonder what happened in the social media office that was like, okay, we finally got to go say something, but also like, oh, there she is. Yeah. Oh, there yeah. she is. Yeah. Yeah. We had a, one of the schools that I worked for, the postmaster, Oh my gosh, it cracks me up. So he liked to dabble into graphic design, but I have no idea what software he used. It was not, um, it looks like something that came straight out of like early nineties, <laughs> the eighties. Um, he's like making 90s. it a Microsoft paint. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't, I don't <laughs> know, but he would post them to this Instagram account and tag, tag the university in it every time. But um, he would also like share them around campus. So all of a sudden, some of our accounts were having these like awkward um, profile <laughs> pictures. I'm like, where did you get that? And they're like, oh, we got it from XYZ at the post office. And I'm like, why is he sharing this to with everybody? And then he made his own like, like dumbed down version of our brand guides. And I was like, I don't understand you because you are not, yeah. like, you are the last person on campus that I thought would like, be trying to do marketing because you know everybody yeah. tries to do marketing for us like yes. everybody thinks they could tell us how to do social media 
Every yeah. professor thinks they know how to promote their program on social better than yeah. any advice we can give them. But um, I never thought it would be the postmaster that would the come postmaster. in. And it just, oh, he made me laugh all the time. That's I'm incredible. Like, like, you're cute. Your designs are not great. But like, yeah, you try. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> Please stop tagging us in these because they're oh. not, they're not. No, they're not it. Yeah. That's amazing. Um, okay, so we're going to switch um, topics for a minute. So what, even in this role for 10 years, what is your best hack or tip uh, that you would give someone that's um, either new to the job or maybe has been in social media for a few years. What's something you yeah. would recommend um, to help people? I think that the biggest thing is, you know, you can learn social media. It's it's a teachable thing. Your brand is not inherent to social media. Like you can take your skills on social and go to any brand in the world and you can be successful, but you have to be successful for that brand. And I think that the biggest thing, especially in higher ed social, is like just getting out on campus, especially in, you know, our, our new normal hybrid work environment. It can be so easy to be like, oh, I'm at home today. Um, maybe I won't go in. I know that there was an event, but just go to the event, go to, to places that you can interact with your students and just learn from them and, you know, follow them, see what they're posting, see what they're talking about. And you know, don't try to be Steve Buscemi. How are how are you doing, kids? Like, but you know your brand because you can be that interface between what the students are doing and what faculty and staff are doing and what the administration wants to do. Um, that's kind of the, like the linchpin of all of social media is is that that piece of it, and that is something that you're not going to learn in a book. You're only going to learn by interacting with your campus. That's a great point. Um, do you manage a student team? I do not. No. Um, I, so for 10 years, I have been a team of one at the university. Um, I have had a couple of interns in the past, but they haven't been strictly social media interns. Um, you know, they've worked with our videographer team or, um, one was just on our team in general, our strategic content team, um, soon to be brand content at the university. Uh, so I kind of had pieces of them, but not anybody creating content necessarily for me on a regular basis. So um, I get asked all the time from students, like they really want to work with us. Uh, we just haven't had a structure in place, but I am in the process of hiring right now. So I'm going to have a direct report. So not a student, but um, a full-time social media specialist reporting to me. And then hopefully that frees up some of both of our um, headspace to be able to work with the student team. So that's one of the goals, but it's just been so much for the past decade trying to get it all done myself that there's no way that I've been able to manage student teams. So 10 years solo, but you're finally getting a sidekick. That's awesome. Finally <laughs> getting a sidekick. Yes. Yeah. That's like, it's so exciting. The biggest upgrade in higher ed social, I think. Like, yes. You can manage with whatever equipment you have, whatever camera you have, yeah. whatever computer you have, but like, don't underestimate the power of a second person that can person. bounce yeah. ideas and just carry that. Like we said, there's like an emotional load yeah. that comes with the accounts as well. Yeah. And so being able to share that and have people to talk to that understand it yeah. um, rather than, I mean, you can always talk to people outside of yeah. your role, but 
you don't get it unless yeah. you get it, you know? You get it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's, cool. I mean, it's just, I worked with, um, uh, another woman on campus during COVID. So during our 2021, 22 school year, no, 2020, 2021 school year. Um, and she was part of our performing arts center and they shut down all, I mean, obviously all of their programming because no one could be in person. So she came out on a work share program and she was working with us on social media. And we actually just ended up hiring her into a role full time in our office. And I'm so excited because I'm like, we have a trauma bond. We lived and breathed and saw everything in 2020 that, you know, included everything from shutting down the institution, moving our commencement online, like all of the things that we all experienced. But then also we were supposed to host a presidential debate that we ended up canceling um, that the president of the United States at the time may have given a bunch of people COVID at. Uh, we had a Supreme Court justice from our law school named at the time. Um, there was a there was a lot that went on with all of that. So Dang, it's like, yes, we lived yeah. through a very specific point in time together. And I'm like, you get it. You understand why my brain is this way. That, But that's, that's something so important because higher ed in general, like really, I feel like trauma bonded, like higher ed social trauma bonded together on that. But also it is important that each, each institution had their own unique experiences. Like you have that list of things, the institution that I was working at the time, um, decided to announce it was going to go co-ed on January 31st. COVID hit March, we were doing all these town halls. And then all of a sudden, we went home from COVID, our senior class president was killed in a car accident. Like, uh, we we went through three presidents in one year, like one left, one was asked to leave. We had an interim president then hired another president by October, like, people don't understand, like the emotional roller coaster that came with that other than the people that you worked with, like, my previous, um, boss neither one of us at work at that university anymore but like we both talk about it often and we're just like are you good like are we or there's some stuff that we're still yeah, working through right. or that we we bring yeah, up and like yeah it's uh that was weird yeah um i was just at a conference and michigan state was there they were talking about their um crisis the their mm-hmm. shooting on valentine's day um fantastic if you can ever see them talk about it they did such a wonderful job um it was just so powerful to hear them and like all the prep that went into it that got them to where they could do that but they the one thing that they kept repeatedly saying was that because of um kind of all of their situations that they've gone through with sandusky and uh no he was at penn state Nasser, Larry Nasser, there's yeah. so many of them, sadly. Um, but with Larry Nasser up there, and then they had a, a presidential change, I believe, and kind of all of these things, they actually brought in trauma informed response training. And actually, I believe they have some people on staff to inform trauma based response in all of their communications. And I was like, how do I, how do I get that? Because my trauma based response is probably not the appropriate response to the trauma yeah it's like at some point we're all just going through it and i'm like yep what you're what you're getting is what i'm feeling right now wow note to self add to podcast list yeah (laughs) yeah that was was a great guest um for that wow yeah Yeah. that's a whole nother level um 
I don't know if I've shared about this on the podcast before, probably, but um, I'm slowly working my way through my PhD and my focus of research is the impact of social media on the mental health of social media managers. And so I know that like coming out of COVID, I was not okay. Actually, when COVID started was not okay. A lot of that came from just managing, like managing social media by myself. Team of One has to bear a lot of the weight of the accounts. We talked about comments, we talked about DMs, we talked about inappropriate pictures, but also just like the day-to-day having to constantly be creating, managing crisis, and then also being a customer service rep, like that takes its toll on you. And so um, bring in an actual like major crisis or a global pandemic or um, something that disrupts the already chaotic uh, parts of our role. And it's like, we are not, we are not okay. Yeah. And so um, yeah, it's, I think it's important. We're never, to- we're never off the clock ever. Even if we've put away our, our accounts and we're not posting and we're logged into our own I talk to to Jamie from UGA all the time about this and it's, you know, she and I, I don't know if she sends like number, a number of people TikToks. She's the only person I send TikToks to, but it's like constantly like, oh my gosh, look what Wash you did here. Like, this is a great idea. So even when I'm just consuming content on my own, I, I can't turn off my, my work brain to be like, can I use this for the University of Notre Dame? How would this work for us? Where is this going to fit in? And it's, you know, something that most people do to to kind of be mindless is something that's an integral part of our jobs. Absolutely. Ooh, yeah, that's such a solid point. I recently, back in December, um, moved to working on the ed tech side, working for Zemi. And so um, I'm grateful for the ability to disconnect in a way because it's, um, it's not as... Uh, I have the opportunity to take a break from social uh, when I go on vacation. And so I just took my first vacation in since I started working in higher ed in 2015 um, that I did not have to log in. And let me tell you that first couple days of the, so I went on a cruise and so you don't, you have no signal in the middle of the ocean. Um, and even with like the very limited internet on the ship, like it took me the first like two or three days to not be consistently pulling out my phone and going to check Instagram and stuff and it not loading and being like, oh yeah, turn your brain off because I'm still freelancing for a university. So I'm still managing it in a way I scheduled some. The The lift is less than when I was working there full time. But like once I finally, it was a 10 day cruise. So once I got through like day three, four, I started like then enjoying my vacation happened. and I was like, I haven't felt this in so yeah. long. Like this is, what is this where you can yeah. just disconnect or when I hear people, they're like, oh yeah, I'm not on any social media. And I'm like, what's that like? How I would love it? that. Yeah. What is that? Yeah. But what but, do you do with your time? Exactly. <laughs> like my screen time, we don't even want to talk about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, it's interesting because you're right. Like even scrolling TikTok, like I'm consistently sending messages to people and I'm like, look at this one. Like this would be great for your school or, oh my gosh, what if we tried to do this for our business or X, Y, Z? And it is, your brain's never off. And I think that's something people just don't understand very much. So if you are not working in higher ed, what other occupation would you like to try? 
So South Bend, where, where Notre Dame is, we have an international airport. It is international, but um, we can get to like three places on Delta, which is my preferred provider, weirdly. Um, but we can get we can get to two places now. Uh, we could get to Detroit, Minneapolis, or Atlanta. And they just canceled our Detroit flights, which is terrible because the Detroit airport is so easy to get to the East Coast from. Um, like, it's very weird to, to fly from the middle of the country, like backwards into the country, then, then go to DC. Um, but the Atlanta airport, I, I'm a big fan. Most people hate it. I'm a big fan of the Atlanta airport. I really I think I know, my face I know. Right now. This is like, like I- shocked (laughs) this is a very controversial take i know it's the best walking airport because it's just straight you just get down and you know when you're when you're flying from a small airport to a bigger airport you got a long layover i get my steps in down there you just keep walking but because i get my steps in in between their terminals i am obsessed with their their little walkway paths like they have the little rainforest path and then they have the Atlanta history path. And every time I'm down there, I'm like, I want to be the curator for the, like, not all of, not in between every terminal has something. And I'm like, I could be this person. I could be the person to come up with what the next thing is in these terminal paths in the Atlanta airport. Like, it's insane. I I don't have a background in that. <laughs> I don't know what I would do. I like don't have ideas for it, but every, I'm like, if I have a shorter layover and I'm like running through that airport, I'm like, oh, I don't get to stop and listen to like the history part of this and read about, you know, Atlanta from its founding through the Civil War, through Reconstruction, through the Olympics, through today. And I'm like, I could do that. I really want to do that. Like, yeah. I have, I have no so idea why that's funny. like my dream job. So yeah. a so airport walkaway scenic yeah. curator. Yes, yes, like, but like specifically in Atlanta. But I don't want to live in Atlanta. Nobody yeah. wants to live in Atlanta. <laughs> no, no. You can just take a flight commute yeah. every day to get to work. Yeah, yeah, right, yes. right. It's. I mean, we got an early morning flight down there from South Bend. It'll be great. <laughs> That's so interesting. I love that. That's yeah. not what I expected. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about this question the other day, and I have always wanted to be the person at the – um, college football games that when they if your school does this certain schools do like when there's a touchdown they set off fireworks I want to be the person uh, that hits the button that like, hits the just button give me the, the opportunity to set yes. the fireworks off like let me hit the button yes. let me be that person who yes. doesn't understand the majority of football but that does understand yeah, it's like, when oh, it's a touchdown I can be like yeah. yes <laughs> button click fireworks boom yeah, also we could go into a amazing. whole conversation about how fireworks work like I really want to do research on the science of like how do you know that when that bust it's going to be that shape every time like that's a lot yes. of blind faith no I know I, like, I don't yeah I I'm, don't understand I'm that. trying to find a professor on campus that can explain that for the fourth of July really like I would just love to make a YouTube Stop. short or something Sign yeah me up. but I don't know if I have out. any I know I know I know Okay, well, this podcast is probably going to go out like right before July 4th. So if anybody is listening, has a professor that can explain that science, immediate content idea. Let us know. We need to know. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Confessions of a higher ed social media manager, but actually it's a professor who can explain fireworks. (laughs) Do you have have a person on your campus that's like the go-to expert for like a very, very odd specific topic? Um, One of the schools that I worked at, we Um, had... A professor that uh, 
was always brought in when they talked about the trees changing and like the process yeah. of like the leaf colors changing. We live in the South. Like that lasts like yeah. whole four days and yeah, then they're gone. It doesn't happen. It's very yeah. quick. But um, he came into an interview once fully dressed from head to toe as Groot. Like he had a tree costume and he showed up for this oh tree gosh. leaf interview as Groot and then just said, I am Groot to begin with. And I'm like, Oh my yes. gosh. <laughs> like what? What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't have anybody that's shown up in costume, but we do have a researcher. He's just all over the place. He studies forever chemicals, so PFAS and PFOAs and, like, everything that's going to kill us. And it's kind of funny because whenever his research comes out, we just look at our meteorological agency team and we're like, oh, what are we adding to the list today? And it's, like, dental floss, the wrappers on fast food, um, Teflon, like, just, like – uh, period. The, the big one that the Washington Post just picked up were like the the Finks period um, underwear, like oh literally everything. And I'm, I'm just like, do we have to keep putting this this out? Like, we're the list of things that we can use is just getting less and less and less and less and less. But then, like last week, he was in the Washington Post again talking about it. So that's funny. Um, does your office have a list of like we were talking about? professors that like you know when something comes out we need to keep an eye on yeah. do you have a list of students too um we used to have this list of like students that um always raised our red flags when they posted usually if we had some that like if they posted we knew it was an actual <laughs> emergency because they didn't yeah. they usually didn't yeah. talk negatively unless something was really wrong but then we yeah. had the ones where we yeah. had like the alert set every time they posted because it was always a negative post and yeah. we yeah. needed to get ahead of their little fire so yeah, 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 we got those. Um, try them real hard not to name them. Uh, yeah. but no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I definitely have those. And then it was, I think it was like, I spoke in a class right after COVID and I told students in this class, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I have you guys, like we use Sprout Social. I have like a category, a VIP list for students. And like, I know who you are. And, and one of them tweeted like, just heard that the University of Notre Dame social media manager keeps a list of all of us. And I was like, yeah, that's literally my job, though. Like, I don't know what you expected your tweets were doing when you were tweeting this into the void, but someone saw them. I spoke at a class once and I told them I was like, one of the funniest things about managing social media is that I know so much about our students. But sometimes I only know them by their user handle. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. like, they may not have their first name on there. So I just know them at whatever their handle is. Yeah. And then, like, I'll know that they just recently got engaged or that they yeah. just got this award or whatever. And so if I see them on campus, I sometimes will try to start a conversation. But it's always so awkward because yeah. they're like, who yes. the heck are you? Who are you? Why do you know this much about me? Like, are you stalking me? Yeah. And then um, it's... So I talked about yeah. that in a class and a student posted an Instagram story and they're like, hi, social media manager. Yeah. Um, if you see this, like comment on it or something. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. we see all. Hello. Yeah, I did that. I, I do that all the time where I like forget that they don't know who I am. And I was on campus with a friend and we were walking her dog and the student came and was petting her dog. And I just looked at her and I said, hey, Macy. And I was like, oh, Macy doesn't know me. And she just looked up like, who are you? And I was like, oh, I'm really sorry. Stalker. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> um, okay, next question. If you could only have one social media platform for the rest of your career, which is it going to be? Oh, that's a hard question. 
I'm still like weirdly a big fan of Facebook. Like I just think that you can, I know no one says that, but I just think that you can like, you can curate on Facebook. Like you can be connected to people, but unfollow them so that like, you don't have the weird interpersonal thing. Um, but I'm very much like a, a pool instead of a, a push thing right now where for my own mental health, if like something happens or, or you're a person that has a lot of takes on things, um, whether I agree with them or not, like I have to be in the right mindset for those things. So I need to unfollow you and I need to go to your account when I want to see your hot takes on things rather than just having them in my newsfeed. And I feel like Facebook is the easiest platform to do that on. Um, they have that magic which is very for 30 days button. They do. Yes, exactly. And it's um, like Instagram is great. And I that's probably honestly where I spend the most of my time. Um but like Facebook, man, they, they got something down, except everybody needs the restrict button that Instagram has so that yes. we have to, to approve comments before they go out publicly. Magical. Some of my favorite features. Yes. yes. Um, what's a moment that you wish you could have pulled back the curtain and let people see behind the screens? Um, yeah, this is probably, I think, and it, it's really like a, a personal thing and not necessarily like something that would have been cool for people to see. But um, in 2020, when, you know, I watched it happen to other higher ed institutions where they had to, to cancel their 2020 commencement. And then when it finally came time for us to do so, like, it caught me so off guard how emotional I was about that, because it was, you know, that was like the official kind of moment in the pandemic where it was like, this is a big deal. Like, yeah, we went home. Yeah, you're not supposed to come back after spring break. Yeah, we're online for the rest of the semester. But like when we cancel, like the reason that we exist is to graduate these students into the world. And the and I get it. I completely 100% understand why the class of 2020 felt the way that they did and responded the way that they did. But I really kind of wish that like, I could have just had a camera on myself as I was crafting those messages, as I was getting approval on what messages I wanted to send, because that wasn't a message that we could just go like it needed emotion behind it. They needed to, I needed to say something to these students to be like, this isn't, this isn't something that we're just like doing to do like this hurts more than just you. Like, and I was just so devastated. I was, I remember at the time I was in an apartment and my desk was like, I didn't have any space between my twin bed and my extra bedroom and myself. And so I, at one point, just like gave up in the desk chair and I was just like laying in the fetal position on the bed, sobbing, and then like had to hit send on the message. And then we started getting the responses and I was just like, it's not me. I didn't do, I hate this for you too. And like, it's it's like you know most of the time what do you want to pull back the curtain on it's like oh something really cool that we did like no i really want you to see like there are humans back here and maybe if you see a human on one account and like the actual emotions that we go through like you're gonna you're gonna approach social media differently in the future i can't i cannot agree more i wish that we had like a little therapy group for everyone who had to make that announcement because i was also in an apartment at the time and i remember going out on my balcony and sitting out there and just sobbing because i knew that i was about to have to send that message out and for me the class of 2020 was my first incoming freshman Mm -hmm. class when i started working in higher ed and so 
I had followed them from because yeah. I started the summer before they came in, and so they were the first class of like future future students. And yeah, um, yeah. then I, I was there all in on their move-in day, and all like I followed so many of their journeys that when yeah. it got to graduation, and then all of a sudden we're canceling it on them. I know. Um, and our school like didn't have a backup plan. It was just like a yeah. it's canceled. Um, yeah. I felt so strong about that and just so passionate for this group. I told them, I was like, okay, I'm going rogue. I'm doing a graduation celebration on Facebook. And this was yeah. um, like our school just hadn't even thought about it. And so I messaged yeah. all these seniors because I had the email list and was like, mm-hmm. I need you to send me a picture of yourself, your favorite oh. memory at the school, um, what your degree is and where you're going after graduation. And I remember going yeah. in Canva and making a slide for all like, 200 something students. Oh my gosh. And yeah. then I found this really emotional. It wasn't supposed to be emotional. It's this song on this um, platform that I have for licensed music and it's yeah. called um, heroes and dreamers. And yeah. it made me sob. Like it just continued. Yeah. Like I just cried the whole yeah. time I made this thing. And yeah. so we did a Facebook um, premiere video of that. And then the present we had at the time. So that was our interim president that year. <laughs> Yeah. Um, was really good at recording videos on his Mac, which is great considering oh, nice. he was like in his yes, seventies, maybe eighties. I don't know, but, uh, older. And he recorded this amazing little message and we just put on this little virtual graduation. Mm-hmm. And, um, I remember students messaging me afterwards and they're like, it means so much that yeah. y'all did this. Like we thought this was a full loss yeah. and they did get to participate in graduation in October. We did it at yeah. a ballpark and held like an outdoor ceremony for them. But it's important to recognize like in that moment, like we know our audiences and we also know these students. And while we all went through this together, it's something that we'll never forget. And yeah, I love that. One thing about small teams is sometimes you can make some executive decisions and be like, we're going to go with this. Like we don't, we're, we're not going to get approval. We're just going to run with it because our students deserve more. Yeah. We, we brought our class back in 2020. It was last year, 2020. We did two commencements last year. So we did the class of 2022 and then Memorial Day weekend, we did the class of 2020. So they got their full senior week experience and, you know, in stadium graduation, all that stuff. But I like didn't know what to do with our content because we had one image that came through in 2020 and it was a student wearing her cap and gown and she was visiting her grandfather in his nursing home and he was on one side of the glass and she was on the other and she was like he always 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 wanted one of his his granddaughters to go to notre dame and you know we've we've only been co-ed for 50 years so like none of the girls could when he was an alum and um she finally graduated and it, it like burned burned in my retinas is is this image of the student and how proud she looked and how proud her grandpa looked and i was like I don't want to like use that. Like at some point it's like, Oh, I'm using you for, for content and clicks. Like that was a moment that we could share in 2020 cause it was happening. But to bring that back to be like, remember when your graduation was like this and now it's like this, it's like, Oh, we shouldn't, we shouldn't actually do that. I would love for you to share the story you shared with me earlier <laughs> with our audience. Cause I think it's golden. And then we'll wrap up our last questions. Wild stuff. I've been doing this job for too long. Everything is kind of coalescing into one. All of my pop culture, all of my work, like I, since the Eras Tour started back in March, like every weekend I attend at least one Taylor Swift concert on TikTok. Uh, Wonderful, love it, can't stop. 
I don't have tickets to the Eras tour. I kind of don't want them because like I can get multiple different views on TikTok. Right. But yes. 100% that. Because because I spend so much time watching Taylor Swift on TikTok, my Reddit app now is like, we should show you the subreddit for Taylor Swift. So the other day, I'm just scrolling. And first, I see a headline last week, um, which will be a couple weeks ago when this comes out, a man who was stalking Taylor Swift was arrested. And like the headline that I saw first was, man trolling Taylor Swift on social media is arrested. And I was like, how do I get my trolls arrested? Like I sent it to my coworkers. It was just a funny laugh, whatever, haha. Um, and then the next day on Reddit, I'm scrolling again and another headline comes up and it starts with Indiana man, which I'm immediately like, what is, what is my state doing? <laughs> and I go on and it's like Indiana man arrested, charged with stalking Taylor Swift, who he believes is his soulmate. And at this point, like, everything's my brain is just like sparking like I'm, I'm just the wheels are turning everything's happening and I'm like oh this sounds really familiar that's weird and I click through and I read the man's name and I literally fell out of my chair like literally not not using that as a figure of speech I hit the ground because this man this Indiana man who thinks Taylor Swift is his soulmate and has since been arrested because he has been sending some not appropriate messages to her about what he wants to do, has been messaging the University of Notre Dame for months. For <laughs> absolute months. Like, he... It, I, I was like, this can't be happening. This this isn't real. Like I'm where I'm being punked. Like where's Ashton, Ashton Kutcher? Like what's happening right now? This can't be real. But like, again, you go back to mental health and like mm -hmm. the mental health of people that like you see, we, this man has just been messaging the university of Notre Dame for literal months, constantly talking about his, his wife, Taylor Allison Swift, how they're going to go to the White House because he's going to become president and Dr. Taylor Allison Swift, because she has an honorary degree from NYU, um, is going to be the first lady. Oh, uh, and like, it's, it's really weird to see things like that. And that's not like the only ones that we deal with, but like, I haven't done anything with those messages. Like there, I'm just like, I don't know why you're saying this to the university of Notre Dame. Seems really weird. Didn't know he was an Indiana man until I read this, this arrest report. I was like, that's really strange. I don't know what's going on. And like, eventually, I think I reported like one or two of his messages to Instagram. But you know, you're just like, doing that into an abyss. Like, are yeah. they actually reading what's going on? And also, it's, it's really weird when you're reporting things to to these platforms where it's like, are they harassing you? It's like, no, yeah. this man is not like, I don't know. He's just messaging Notre Dame. I don't know what he's doing. But he's not threatening us. Well, apparently, he's over here threatening Taylor Swift. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my, I know this person. I know this person. I know everything. Yes. No, it was concerning. Yes, this is happening. And that was like, I try not to kind of break the the fourth wall. And on that one, I was like, I can't resist. I cannot resist. And I like went into the subreddit and I typed out. I was like, okay, I run a brand account. And like this person's been messaging it. And I've reported it to Instagram. And the, the original poster was like, did Instagram respond? And I was like, no. But also you'd be shocked that this happens like really frequently yeah. where like brands get tagged and random stuff like this. 
and I've never actually seen it come to like a literal arrest. Yeah. Like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, should I have bought a lottery ticket? Should I have quit my job? I don't, I'm not sure which way I was supposed to go with like my entire life just coalesced into one thing last Friday. Oh my gosh. That story is absolutely insane. But also like the amount of times that we have looked at our like messages or our accounts and thought I should report this to the police or I became very well known with their police departments on campus. Um, one yes. school had an official like police department. One had a security team, but it was there was a, a multiple times where I'm like, "Hi, so don't know if this is an issue. Yeah. Rather be safe than sorry." But I, yes. sometimes you feel so stupid seeing like, "Okay, somebody messaged our yeah. account." I'm like, okay, they can't necessarily do anything if it's not a direct threat. But like, yeah. sometimes we just need to raise the red flags on some students or some people yeah. or like, yeah, it is an interesting. How do we it is. navigate I've that? With... And, yeah. Yeah, I've, I've worked with our student affairs team with like where it's, it's not a direct threat, but it's like a mental health concern, mm-hmm. especially on TikTok. Like everybody, you know, the, the grippy socks vacation, of, yeah. you know, mental health. And I'm like, mm, I'm going to just send you over to student affairs with a name and just say, hey, can someone check on this person um, to a couple weeks ago? I ended up having to call the cops on a Saturday night because we were getting direct threats against someone on campus and they were saying where and when, and I was like, Oh, that's too much. And that was like, not even thinking call the cops, but like, yeah, the, the little times where it's like this, this kind of, this kind of turned it for me. And that's, I had a coworker at the last time said like, Oh my gosh, thank God you do this job because I have been doing it long enough that I know what that level is. Like when my gut feels like something's wrong, something's wrong. Yeah. And um, it was like, okay, that's what's going on. Another skill this job does not prep you for is having to make those calls, having to know when to raise things up, the flagpole, and then also um, to know when to get the police involved and, also, yeah. yeah, I think just with the um, the expansion of how many mental health issues there are and yeah. just concerned students or we, we look at all of these tragedies that are happening on campus, mm-hmm. it makes me more vigilant to like look at yeah. these messages and say, yeah, I'd rather, Better safe than side, sorry. yeah, I'd rather be safe than sorry. I'd rather report it and it'd be nothing than mm-hmm. this to be the re- the yeah. flag that we missed and so yeah that's a that's a heavy weight to carry um yeah. for social media managers and so if you're if you're in that realm talking to our listeners like if you're out there and you're your gut's telling you to report it or to check in like do it um do i it. don't think we will ever regret uh reporting something that ends up being innocent um as much as especially if we can help catch some of these issues, um, if we can help a student, if we can help keep our campus safe, et cetera. So, well, to wrap up the last question, what is your confession? What is something that you've done as a social media manager that nobody would expect? Oh my gosh. I, um, I don't even know. I think like the thing that people don't expect is like how involved (laughs) like how involved I am with the students and they have no idea. Like, again, I know who they all are, but like 
I'm on Yik Yak, I'm on Fizz, I'm responding to people. Like a lot of the times it's like, oh, I'm having a mental health issue. And I was like, did you know you can call this 24 seven helpline? Um, but actually during COVID, I would follow people on TikTok, our students, and like we were trying to cut down on parties. So I was like trying to figure out like, oh, where are they going? Like they're on TikTok live, where are they going? So there was one evening that I was just sitting on a TikTok live with a group of students they had no idea who I was. And I was just really bored. It was like 1130 at night. And I was like, what am I doing with my life? And I, they started talking and they were like, oh, the killers. I love the killers. And I was just like, jumped into the chat. And I was like, hey, did you know the killers just put out a new album last week? And then I started conversing with these students about the killers, new album. And I was like, you should stop this. Like, this is not you've this is too much. You need to, to back away somehow. Like, and they were just like, oh, I haven't heard it. And they put it on their Spotify. And I was just like having a listening party with a group of students. So that's, so funny. that's my confession is that I'm I'm weirdly involved with the students. That, so that sounds really bad. No. I'm not weirdly involved <laughs> with the students. I, I hang out with the students online more than I should. Yeah, I got what you meant. I think literally anybody who listens yes. to the podcast is also going to understand yes. that one. <laughs> um, it is interesting though, because sometimes I like I've seen students get like start dating and posting photos, and then it's it's so like fun to watch their journey of getting engaged, and then sometimes like making it all the way to when they get married, like through their. And I'm just like, I would love to send you a little. Gift. I like I, I'm so invested yeah. and you have no idea who I am, but I am I so invested in your I life. Know. Um or just students that go on adventures overseas and I'm like making yeah. sure I'm like, you did get back all right, right? Like you, you we did yes. bring you yeah. back home. Like you're oh my safe. gosh. We had a moment with one of my coworkers actually. He went abroad to Rome just on like I believe it was a personal trip. It wasn't even with the university, dropped his wallet in Rome the night before he was coming back. Someone picked it up. He had an employee ID in his wallet. So they got in touch with the university on Facebook and they said like, hey, I've got this guy's ID. Like, can you put me in touch with him somehow? And it just so happened that like this man sat three desks away from me. So I like messaged him and I was like, hey, man, you just in Rome. How was your trip? And he's like, how did you know that? I was like, well, I know where your wallet is. And he's like, what? How? What? I was like, yeah. that's fine we're just gonna make this connection (laughs) oh my gosh well that's an epic way to end this podcast like cross yes cross the atlantic being able to assist yeah that is so cool oh my goodness that i can't even imagine his like thought process on hearing that he had like already come back so he'd had to like go to the embassy and figure out how to fly without like his id and stuff and his passport and i was like that's fine. I can get you your wallet back. <laughs> the power of social media. Well, thank you yes. so much Liz, yes. for joining us. And thank you to everyone who has listened in today. Uh, we're so grateful you're here. And um, Liz, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks, Callie. I loved it. Hey, y'all, Zach here from Enrollify. If you like this podcast, chances are you'll like other Enrollify shows too. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. Our shows feature a selection of the industry's best as your hosts. 
Learn from Mickey Baines, Jeremy Tears, Jamie Hunt, Corinne Myers, Jamie Gleason, and many, many more. You can learn more about the Enrollify Podcast Network at podcasts.enrollify.org. Our shows help higher ed marketers and admissions professionals find their next big idea. Find yours at podcasts.enrollify.org.